You're listening to TNM Coaching Unplugged. TNM Unplugged features the diverse perspectives of a thriving global community of coaches, leaders, and experts. And it's all for you. Questions are an essential coaching tool. They're one of the most powerful communication tools you have as a coach. And just how powerful are they? Well, let's do a quick experiment to see. Sit back, close your eyes, and listen to these four questions. And you tell me which ones you think are the most powerful. First, what time is it? Second, did you take a shower? Third, what other possibilities are there? Fourth, what does it mean to be ethical? Okay, come back. You'll probably agree that the first two questions were less powerful because they were more fact-based, information-based, easy to answer, did not invite a lot of exploration. While the second two, what other possibilities exist? What does it mean to be ethical? Took some more effort to answer, were more thoughtful, and invited exploration. That's what powerful questions do. When we're talking about using questions, we're actually talking about the art of questioning. By art, we mean you marry technique with your intuition and with your creative juices. So to formulate a good question as a coach, you want to dig deep within and come out with the right question for this situation. If you do that, you will find the coachee, the person being coached, is exploring and making discoveries all the time, gathering new information, resolving problems that may have been lingering, clearing up areas of confusion, showing more cooperation, clarifying and uncovering areas that had been missing. So these are some of the benefits you'll find in using coaching questions. If this is so powerful, though, why don't people use questions better? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First, they find a need to be right, and they're thinking often about the right answer instead asking the right question. This is a tendency that a lot of managers have. Second of all, there's an emphasis on quick fixes and thinking on your feet which means you don't take the time to formulate good questions. Thirdly, a lot of people are oriented towards collecting and analyzing information and don't go to the deeper levels that are there in other people if you just look for them. So these are some of the roadblocks you'll have to face and overcome if you want to use questions effectively. Questions, as this quote says, can be like a lever you use to open up a can of paint that's stuck. If you have a powerful lever, it's very easy to open it up. This is the power of leverage, and questions will give you that power. So you'll find that coaching questions are best if they're transparent. If you, as the coach, do not have any hidden agendas, you just ask the question that is necessary for that time and you ask it respectfully, that will elicit the most relaxed and open response from the person being coached. You want to ask short, simple, direct questions, 
and you want to be non-judgmental. You don't want to include any of your own veiled criticisms or opinions in your questions. Okay, let's talk now about the types of questions. We have six basic types which we often want to be able to distinguish as coaches. First, there are open questions. These generally include who, what, why, when, and where questions. We also call these discovery questions. These will be short, but the response will often be long and full. Secondly, there are closed questions. These are usually yes or no questions, and the person answering does not always need to spend a lot of time answering these. Thirdly, there are probing questions. This is when you sense an issue is important and you dig deeper, you ask further questions, you keep on probing the same issue, perhaps from different angles, until you help the person to get a fuller understanding. Fourthly, you have reflection questions which help people see their situation from a different angle and reflect on what it means. So you invite reflection for the person being coached. The last two are types which we don't recommend. First, leading questions. Leading questions will generally have an answer implied in the question. You build in an answer which nudges the person in a certain direction. And lastly, you have multiple questions which are too complex and they cause confusion. It's harder to follow. Therefore, the person cannot reflect long enough to give you a good answer. Using good questions, you will find people feel empowered, they'll feel more competent, they won't go into autopilot in their responses, they'll do more deep thinking, out-of-the-box thinking, they'll look at their options more and become more aware where they can move in a situation, especially if they feel boxed in. They may conclude they can change their perceptions, change their behaviors, change the way they act in the world, all because of strong questions. And finally, good questions can take the people from seeing what's true into action. This is really the goal of all coaching. We want to help the coachee see their situation, formulate a plan, and move into action. Finally, let's go through a couple of more examples of powerful questions that you can consider using. And in fact, we recommend that you make your own list of powerful questions that you can keep on reusing. Maybe you get stuck sometimes. You can go back to that list and use those questions again. If you interview, you probably do this already. We're saying you can do this as a coach too. For instance, what is your priority? That's a very powerful question. It asks people to rank what they think is truly important in their lives. Secondly, how would you like this situation to change? And this is something that has to do with the assessment stage, the reality stage in most coaching models. Here's the situation. How would you like to see it change? Third question, what are you open to trying? This asks the person to be honest with themselves and to see how willing they are to make changes. And last question, what could get in the way of your success? Let's say the coachee, person being coached, has already formulated a plan, they've made a commitment, 
Have they thought through the possible obstacles that could get in the way? This question invites them to explore. All questions invite exploration, they invite discovery, and they are powerful stimuli to getting the person being coached to see their situation clearly and to move forward. And this is the goal of all coaching. We make choices about the way we relate to others all day, every day. When it comes to coaching, though, it's really important that we're aware of the fact that the way that we relate to others dictates their ability to relate to us. Relating is actually a very natural human instinct, but in order for us to understand it better, we've broken it down into a cycle, and this is how it goes. We begin by valuing the other person no matter what. Before we've even met them, before we even know their name, we value them because they're another human being. Once we've done that, then we need to be present. We need to add attention to hearing in order for us to be able to hear what they're saying and translate what we're hearing into what they really mean and maybe reflect that back to them during a coaching session. It's really important that we seek to understand, to understand their perspective and their point of view, even if we don't agree with it or maybe don't even like it. It's natural for us to have an internal reaction. And it's part of self-awareness to accept that we have that reaction. We're human beings and it's okay. The reaction that we have internally to what we hear is the only part of the relating cycle that isn't a choice. It just happens. What's important is for us to be able to then make a choice about the way we respond. And it is the quality of that response that will dictate that person's ability to relate to us going forward. Listening is truly the foundational skill of coaching. It helps you to establish rapport, to discover new possibilities, and to even determine what questions you want to ask in the coaching session. The problem is, is that we truly have to get out of all that noise that's in our head. But you do do this. I mean, think about the last time you went to a movie and you were watching the actor on the screen and you heard beyond the words. You could tell what they were feeling, what hurt them, what brought them joy, what they really needed. But then you go back to work and you say, oh, it's very difficult for me to be present in this coaching session. Well, in truth, there are three levels of listening and you can choose at any time. The first level of listening is what's in my own mind. I mean, this is often where we sit at work. We're thinking about how we judge what the person is saying, what assumptions we have about what they're saying. We want to finish their sentences. We want to fix them. And it's not even what they're saying. Oftentimes, we're also thinking about the appointment that we had, the conversation we're going to have, the one we had an hour ago, and what we're going to have for dinner. If you can possibly get out of your own head, then you can move into level two. And this is where we are interested in what they're saying. But all we hear are the words. If you're problem solving with someone and you just need the facts, then it's okay to stick with the words that they're speaking. But the third level, if the person has anything where they need to understand their situation a little bit more deeply, then you want to go beyond the words. You want to listen for what are their values? What do they believe about this situation and, and what they're blocking that they're not seeing? What is it that makes them angry, makes them frustrated? So you can help them to see what they could truly use to solve the problem. 
Now, the first level, level one, is often seen as the more natural state, especially in the work environment where you're frustrated, you're stressed, you're under pressure. What happens is the brain just hijacks you, and all you can think about is your own thoughts on the situation. That's why you have to make the conscious choice. You have to stop and say, I am concerned, I am interested, I do respect this person. Then you can hear what they're saying. But to go to level three, you have to trust that there's something more here, and we need to discover this together. If you can get to that, if you can stop and use your other skills of coaching, of exploring, of discovering together what's truly going on, and, and then to acknowledge, to rephrase, to summarize what you've heard, you will help them not only to see other possibilities, but this is what creates true empathy. And when people feel heard and understood, then they'll truly open up and trust the coaching situation. 